it, you need to get a green card every week. So just shake the, per, shake, shake the person down at the door. So a couple, couple announcements. First is the very first one, Tacos with Tom, is right after church today. And what this is, is it's a time for us to get to know you and you get to know us. So if you are newer to Branches, or if you've been here a while and you've never participated in a Tacos with Tom, we just invite you to stay after church. We will um, meet in the kitchen, and we have great tacos coming in, and we just have a, a time to get to know each other and for you to ask questions, for me to maybe answer questions that uh, you don't already know that you're, you need to ask. So. so that's the first thing. Second one, if you look at the very bottom right, we have a Branches family meeting coming up June 23rd. So, so June's a busy, busy month because we have Father's Day in a couple of weeks, and then the week after we have a, a family meeting. What this family meeting is going to be is us giving updates on what's happening in Branches um, uh, with our budgets and just the life of the church and kind of where we see ourselves going further. If Branches is your home, if you think Branches is your home or you might want to make Branches your home, we would encourage you to bring a dish. We'll eat next door. We'll have a, have a carry-in meal. And then we will have a, a brief meeting just to share what's happening at Branches, okay? So those are a couple, couple announcements. And if you can just um, plan to attend both those things. Now, let's get into the message. I, I, I was thinking how great it was that Dave messed up and, um, and prayed for the offering when he was supposed to be praying for the communion because it just proves our, our imperfection. And I was thinking, man, if they pull off a great, perfect worship set, then I'm the only one today that would be imperfect. And so now there's more than one of us. So, um, so and, and with that, I think that the exciting thing is the, the worship that, that we sang just just to the Lord showing that he's our provider, he's our savior, he's our everything. And if we could truly take that to heart and and apply that into our lives, what would our lives be like differently? So that that's just a that's a preface to the message. So I'm going to read the first line of my message. Things that make me cuss. <laughs> Think of some things that make you cuss. Now, if, you're, if you got the Sunday school answer, it's, I don't cuss. But for those of us that aren't quite Sunday schooled, I was thinking of some things this week, and I came up with two things that in the past couple weeks made me want to cuss. Let's just say made me want to cuss. The first thing was I was having to hang drywall in B-Kids. If you go over there and see the drywall that we're still trying to hang, you, there was a lot of cuts, and you had to cut because we're hanging it tight to the ceiling, and so you have to go around all the little um, rafters and braces and duct work and, and um, electrical conduit, and it took me a while. I measured a whole bunch of times and cut a whole bunch of times, and I, I think I said a couple cuss words in doing that. I said, darn it, and fooey, and dang <laughs> But leading into the message, this is one of the things that I thought this can make me cuss, is I've been driving down to Indianapolis for work, and the route I take is I go down 15, cut across 24 to 31, and then head straight down 31. So the great thing about going down 31, if you've not driven it in the past few years, you, go, you get to go around Kokomo now, which used to be the worst thing, but now you get to go around Kokomo. Just north of Kokomo, they're doing construction in both directions on 31. So you slow down. 
when you're heading south, they've got it set up with barriers where you have to go down this one lane and, you know, it just slows down and it's, it's okay. But when you're coming north, north, as soon as you get off the bypass, about a mile up is a sign that says road construction ahead. So it announces road construction. So get ready. Within a quarter mile, there's another sign that says left lane ends, merge right. So what are we supposed to do when we see a sign that says left lane ends, merge right? <laughs> so you guys are the ones that need to listen to this message. We're, you, you get into the right lane like everybody else who's, who's considerate and abiding. And you, you track in the left lane. And if everybody follows a rule, everybody gets through evenly and it speeds the process up. Here's where I want to cuss is when I'm in the right lane with a thousand other law-abiding citizens and you've got those people that are just racing down the left lane and then they want to try and dive in at the last minute. Now, I've been that guy in the past and then God got a hold of my heart. So, um, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We, we, our family went down to Indy this Friday for an event that we had planned and on the way home, Scenario happens where it's Friday afternoon, about 5.30, we get caught in this line, and it's, it's way back. Like, there was no question that left lane was closed, because those that were driving in it were going 60 miles an hour, and we were all stopped. And people just, you know, they drive and dive in, and then you see the people in the, le- the right lane who want to kind of ease over and try to block. Every once in a while, a big rig will kind of swing over and block, and it just, it's just tells me that the people flying up the left lane think that the world is for them. This is my world. This is my road. I get to do what I want. And I see, here's some people who are really concerned about themselves, that it's all about me. Here's the irony. One of the cars pulled up on on the left lane. They had a bumper sticker that said, it costs $0.00 to show kindness to people. You're a hypocrite. It said this. I was like, this person is being the reason that I'm having to say cuss words. They didn't have the fish. Maybe I missed it, but probably. Those Christians, you got to watch out for them in the world today. Here's the setup. For the past few weeks, we've been talking, past couple weeks, we've been talking about barriers that stunt our growth. And when, I, when we talk about that, I'm talking about spiritual growth, our, our spiritual growth. And this is barriers that stunt our growth personally and barriers that will stunt our growth as a church, as a church moving forward. So the first week we talked about the, the, the purpose barrier or the vision barrier. And, and basically what we talked about was without a vision, without knowing where you're going in life, either personally or as a church, you're just wandering. And, and so to have a vision, to know where God's leading you, where God's calling you, is important. And without that, that could be a barrier for your growth. So as a church, we have this, this purpose statement, this vision statement that we love God, we love other people, and we want to make disciples. We want to invite other people into the family, into relationship with God. And so that was the first barrier we talked about. So, so the challenge for you was to, to ask yourself, what is, my, what is my vision for my life? Is my vision for my life, does it align with God's vision for my life? And how does that align with the vision for you as part of this family as a church? 
The second, the second barrier we talked about, which was last week, was the faith barrier. And, and we basically broke this down to the point that says, how much are you leaning into God to sustain you? Or do you just handle everything? Have you got it figured out? Do you take, take initiative and just do it on your own? Or do, do you lean into God and say, God, I want, I want you to be my provider. I want you to sustain me. And, and personally, we have, to, we have to come to a place of, of, of self-evaluation and saying, God is my provider. God is my everything. And as a church, we have to lean into that. And this morning, we're going to talk about what I'm calling the me barrier. And this is the thought that it's all about me. Everything is about me. I take care of myself. I figure myself out. I consume everything that I can consume before I even remotely consider somebody else. It's just about me. And here's what I'm going to do. I want to, I want to just talk about this in a way of looking at what the problem is and what the solution is. Now, I've um, been processing this me thing and, and doing some reading. And as I've been doing it, this song has popped into my head and it's been tormenting me all week. Every like every moment that I've been thinking about me, it's about me, it's about me, and this problem of me, this song has popped in my head, and it, it's going in my head now. So I wanted to share the song with you so that it will torment you. So here, here's, here's some of the song. Listen to this. Are we ready for it? You like that song, huh? <laughs> who else? Who else recognized that song? All you country people, country should be banned. <laughs> That's not making a joyful noise to the Lord. Those country, come on. I can sing country. If I can sing country, you know it's not correct. I'll stop there. Yeah, church split. <laughs> Country. Everybody else. No, no, there's no cuss words. Let's do this. Let's revisit a verse that we looked at last week. I'm, I'm really realizing that this verse is becoming an anchor to this series. Um, Matthew six twenty four. Here's what it says. It doesn't say I want to talk about me. <laughs> says, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. You remember we looked at this last week. And when we look at this, this verse, we can see that so far what we've talked about plays out in this verse. So in the, in the form of a vision, with our vision, Jesus is saying, if you want to be my follower, so maybe that's a vision for you. I just want to be a follower of Jesus. Maybe your Facebook says religion and you say follower of Jesus. Mine does. <laughs> um, but so, so Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to be my follower, give up your own ways. So my vision is I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to give up my own ways. When we look at it in the form of faith, we are saying, I need to deny myself for the sake of the cross, for the sake of following Jesus. 
and I need to lean into God because I've denied my own ways and I've given up my own ways and I've died to myself, I have to put my faith in my relationship with Jesus and letting God lead my life. And for the barrier of me, we can see in this verse that God is calling us to completely self-deny. We are called by Jesus to give up the me right that we think we have. And for followers of Jesus, here's what I believe. I believe when we give up the me right, that this idea that we, it's all about me, and we self-deny and we die to ourselves, that it actually frees us to live out the life that we were created to have, that God created us to have, to be completely reliant on God and to draw closer and into complete love with, with our Father. And, and the byproduct of that is that we will love other people because we will not be thinking about ourselves completely. So like I said earlier, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to look at the problem, the me problem. And then we're going to look at some examples in the Bible of, of people who didn't live the me life. And then we're going to talk about maybe a solution. How can we break free from the me, the me barrier? And then we'll have a couple applications. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to do an honest self-examination throughout this time of, of are you a me person or are you another's person? Now, here's what I believe. We all are selfish. We all, at some point, consider ourselves way before others. Some of us, it's more. Some is less. But, but self-examine. Are, are you a me person? Is this a barrier in your life for growth? Let me, let me say a quick prayer. Father, we... We worship you. We know that you're our God. You're our Savior. You're our sustainer. Lord, we know that you have called us to a place of, of dying to ourselves to, to, follow, to follow you. God, I pray that just even in, over the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that, Lord, you would begin to um, reveal in our hearts areas that we need to, to become selfless, areas that we need to, to deny what we believe might be a right or what might be our, our, our abilities in order to serve and follow you. God, make us a stronger body. Make us a, a, a people that, that when, when, when people look at us, they know there's something different and it becomes attractive to a world that needs to know you. And we praise you in advance for that. Amen. So let's look at the me problem. The me problem, and we can see this in... in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Here's what's being said there. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Next one. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love, pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could only make them godly. Stay away from these people. This is a warning of a, of, of a time that is coming where people are going to be so self-absorbed that it's all going to be about them. I, you took my line, Judy. Okay. 
I'm afraid of the day when that's going to happen. Oh, wait, it's already here. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Amens will be sufficient, okay? <laughs> Here's the truth of the, of the problem, that across the board, we are being taught, we are receiving information, and we are walking out the me life. You can see it in every aspect of life. I, I, I was thinking of what are some of the me things that we tend to do? You know what the, a simple me thing that we tend to do? When asked to make a commitment for something, we always leave ourselves a little bit of an out in case something better comes along or in case the moment comes when you're supposed to fulfill your commitment that you just don't feel like doing it. So we say things like this. Hey, Tom, can you come help me move next Saturday? Oh, man, absolutely. I'm going to be there. As long as, and then we make up something that might happen in our life. I used it last week. You know the big party at John and Sarah Payton's house? My mother-in-law was here, so I wasn't sure if I'd be tired to go to the party or not. So I told John and Sarah, I'm going to be there. Unless, you know, my mother-in-law wants to do something different. But we do that. We, we, we think about a way to get out of a commitment. So we're less likely to commit solid to something. Instead of going, yes, I'm going to be there. And even if something better comes along, or if I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill my commitment because I'm, I'm committed to, to serving you for what you've asked me to do. Another way we, we become me people is these things called selfies. Anybody ever taken a selfie? You, you are all liars. <laughs> Max, thanks for being honest, man. He just wanted to show off his muscle by lifting his arm. Do it again. The guy's ripped. But, but here, here's, a, here's a me problem that I see on social media. Somebody takes a selfie. Now, I've watched people in my family... Where's our daughters at? Oh, in the well, I've, I've watched people in our family. Is more Ashley back there? Take selfies. It takes about 20 minutes to take a proper selfie because you have to you have to get your lips right and the angle right and your eyes right. And if the sun's not correct, you spin around. Finally, they post the selfie. Now, my I'm going to tell you, my family doesn't do this, but um, but here's the sad thing about the me problem that I see with selfies is people post them and it's. I, I get this feeling that they're waiting for a, res, a, a responsive affirmation. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, wow. You know, and it's, and it's the give me, give me, give me so I can feel better about myself. We do these things. In the church, the me problem is, is here. When asked, can you serve? Not sure. That's, Sunday's my time. When asked you know, anything. A lot of times we will consider how that affects us before we say, yeah, I could jump in and serve. So here's the problem with the me problem. I once had this conversation with somebody. We were talking about the love God, love others, make disciples statement. And Joe and I, for years, 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 we kind of landed on this thing that, you know, if, if God's people would simply really press into loving him, if we really would do that and make that forefront on our lives, we would naturally love other people, and we would naturally love other people to the point that we, we, we want to see them in relationship with God. This is something that we've talked about years ago. So a few years ago, you know, about, it was actually the summer prior to Branches starting, I was having a conversation with a person on this topic about, hey, if we could just press into loving God, press into loving others, 
then as followers of Jesus, we would be moving further ahead than what we are. And we got into a debate because the person said to me, there's no way you can love God. There's no way you can love other people until you completely love yourself first. So you have to go out and love yourself first, and then you will learn to love God and love other people. Now, here's the the thing. In this conversation, I'm not saying this person was arguing, and I, I would say the same. We have to understand our identity. We have to come to a place of knowing who we are in God, who we are in Christ, how we were created in order to be able to, to be, to be in, a, in a healthy place. He, but that wasn't the argument. The argument was, I'm going to go out and, and seek to find love for myself before I even consider loving God or other people. And I thought, that is just a lie that we've been fed. Now, that was five years ago, and I'm not sure. I think that person's still out trying to love themselves to find love themselves. And as a result, I'm not going to judge the person, but I wonder how much they've loved other people. I wonder how much they've pressed into really loving God for who God is in our lives. Because if you have this thing of, I just got to love myself, I got to learn not, not to hate myself. And this is a lie that we've been fed, that it's about you. Get yourself together, get yourself figured out, and then you can love other people. The problem is that I don't see anywhere in the Bible where that's the encouragement. I see in the Bible where we're supposed to self-deny, where we're supposed to die to our rights, die to ourself in order to follow Jesus. And so let's just look at a couple, couple examples. And obviously, Jesus is our ultimate example of, of self-denying. Dave, you stole my, my scripture for this morning. We're going to read it anyways. But but before that we look at that scripture, Matthew 26, 39 says this. He says, it went off to a, fur- a little further. He had just, you know, left his disciples. And he bowed his face to the ground praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. So here's the natural man of Jesus saying, I don't know if I could go through with this. Is there another option? I don't want to do it. You have to know he's, this is the night before he goes to the cross, and he says, yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. And so there's this submission that takes place where he says, it's not about me, it's about the, the, the plan of carrying out, of, of bringing your people back in a relationship. Do we do this? Although we have desires and we want to move forward in certain directions, do we first say, God, what is your will for me? What do you want me to do? Oftentimes, here's what that might mean. That might mean that we have to suck it up and do some things that we naturally don't want to do. It just means that we may have to go in directions that we don't want to do. Jesus follows the will of the Father, and through his death, his resurrection, and the victory over death, the kingdom of God is established. And soon after this, we see the birth of the church. In the wake of, of the kingdom of God being established through Christ's work on the cross is the birth of the church. And we can see that in the early church, they followed in Jesus' example. So the church is another example. And it says this, all the believers met together in one place. This is Acts chapter 2. In one place and shared everything they had. Now, this, is a, this section of Acts 2 is something we've looked at a lot, and because it's, it's, a, it's a great description of a group of people that says, it's not about me, it's about the bigger picture. It's about the bigger story being played out, and I get to be a, a part of that. The early church said, 
I'm going to give what I have for the group and for the growth of God's family. I'm going to unite together. We're going to join arms and we're going to march in a certain direction where everybody's equal, where we are given everything we have in order to see this thing move forward. I don't know that that's some of the things we could read in Acts chapter 2 is a prescription. It's like we have to do those things. We have to all move into a, a camp together. We all have to sell all our property. But I think it's a great description of a group of people that said, it's not going to be about me anymore. I'm part of the kingdom of God. I'm a follower of Jesus. I am going to step in and lock arms with other people. Now, let me say this. There's a group of people in this room that would love to start a conversation about living together. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So if you're one of those people that want to move into a, a giant house with a group of other people, there's some in here. Uh, my wife will move in with you guys. <laughs> I like my space. <laughs> That's the me part, you know. <laughs> here's, a th- here's the thing. The me barrier says, it's about me. I take care of myself, self, self, self. Jesus says, be selfless. Here's the truth. You cannot be selfless and be selfish. You can't be both. We've got to go one direction or the other. So let's look at scripture to find out the solution to the me barrier. And, and part of it was read today, Philippians 2. Go, go two, two more. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, doesn't this sound different than the problem that we read? It's, it's extreme opposite, isn't it? Any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not look into your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. Was that it? I think, I think we missed one. Verse 5 says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ had. And then Dave read further on that. Even though he had, he was being God, He humbled himself, became a slave, died a death, self-denied for for God's people. And that's, that's, that's the solution for us, is to be selfless. To say it's not about me, to say it's about you. It's about you. How can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I not be concerned about myself? Here's a, here's a question. When you wake up in the morning, what's on your mind? Is it, God, what is it that you have for me today? God, God, where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to connect with today? How can I love other people? Or is it like what a lot of us is, is I got this, 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 and this to do. I need to make sure I take care of this, 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 and this for me. So let's just talk about a couple. One of the, one of the thoughts I had about the scripture is, you know, Paul's laying this out pretty clearly. I wonder if he's directly addressing the me barrier that the, the church in Philippi was having. To be that, to kind of just be that bold in how he said it, was the church itself having this this me barrier, and he was saying it's not about that. Let's 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 unite together. Let's drop some of our concerns about each other, and let's let's be one. 
If the church is going to grow and move forward in its vision, it's only going to do so when we drop the me. That's my tweetable quote for the day. (laughs) Although it's more than six characters, so it's going to not be tweetable. When I decide to engage with a group of people and selflessly give and serve and have the mindset of us instead of me, and we start to live that way and we start to walk in that way, we will become attractive to a world that is looking for something that only God can give. So let's talk about two practical ways to break the me barrier. The first one is to use your spiritual gifts that God has given you to serve others. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says a spiritual gift is given. One more, one more, one more slide there. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Here's a question. Do you know what your spiritual gifting is? This is something that we've talked about quite a bit. Do you know what God has placed in you to, to use, a gifting he's given you, to use for his church and for his kingdom to serve? Do you know what that gifting is? If you don't know what your spiritual gifting is, send, send the church an email. I'll get it. I will forward you a, a, a file that will help you walk through to learn what, start to kind of hone in what your spiritual gifting is. And if you know what your spiritual gift is, start using it to serve other people. Here's the second, second application. Act as part of the body, not the entire body. That's a good one, huh? I came up with that. Go to the scripture. The human body has many parts, but the the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. When we are are me-focused, when it's all about me, I'm saying, I've got it all together. I've got everything to offer, and I don't need you. But yet, my spiritual gifting plays a very small part into your spiritual gifting, into your spiritual gifting, into who you are, into who you are, and it makes up the entire body. And it takes us to make up the entire body. It takes all of us to function in a way so that the body of Christ is healthy and strong. Here's what I was thinking. We tried to do this, but it didn't quite work out. Actually, I canceled it on you. I was thinking, what if you're the ear and you're not operating correctly? And so because you're the ear and you don't operate correctly, we're going to put a hearing aid on you so that, so that you can function properly. And what if you're the elbow and you're not operating correctly, so we put a little arm brace on you? And what if you're the, the mouth and you're not, so we have to put braces with a giant headgear on you? And then what if, and we just walk through the body, and the body was not operating in their full gifting. We had to brace up. The, could you picture a person with every single, like, brace and, 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 supplement that to help you we would be pretty pathetic looking or you would that person would be pretty we we actually had a slide i canceled it we should have had it of a of a bubble boy like a kid in all padded padded equipment to protect himself you know but but the body of christ needs to operate um, and function properly and that's us functioning in our gifting to serve others so that we come together if you're not functioning in in your part that god's given you you you're we're get, we got to put a, a hearing aid on you. Last time I called you a skin tag when we talked about this, so take a take a knee brace as something as a step up. <laughs> I'm gonna stop.
Use your giftings to serve other people. Act as part of the body, not the entire body. Understand that, that we need each other and that I can't offer everything to everybody. You can't offer everything to other, everybody. And you were created to be in community and in relationships with others and to need and, and love and serve and give to other people. Why don't you stand with me? The series was prompted because as a church, we've seen some growth. And then we've seen some decline and we've seen some growth. And, and we're, we're in a place where, where we have the opportunity to take off as a church and see more lives change for God's kingdom. Or we could just hang out in the, in the place that we're at. But in order to move forward, because I believe that God's called us to move forward, we have to break through these barriers so that as more people come in, we can love them into their relationship with God. And so, so the vision barrier, what is your vision? Does you, do, do you understand God's call for your life, your vision, and does it align with what, what the vision here at this church is? Your level of faith. What is your level of faith? Are, are, you, are, are you capable of handling everything on your own, or do you lean into God and allow God to, to, to be your, your provider and, and your sustenance? And then, and then this, this me barrier, this selfish barrier, this barrier that says, I'm going to take care of myself first. Where do you fall if there's a scale or a spectrum of, of selflessness and selfishness? Where do you fall in that? And, and what, what would God have you to do to be selfless more in your life? This morning, we're going to wrap this up with just a, a song of worship. And then we have people up here that want to pray with you. And then this time's just set aside, like we say every week. It's just set aside for, for us to engage with God in whatever's taking place in your life. So if, if something through worship or through communion or through the message, you just want to, you want to spend some time with God pressing into that, you can come up here and, and, and these, these people will pray with you and, just, and, and join with you as you ask God to be a part of that. If you're dealing with something physically, we believe God heals. We believe God's power is still alive and active today, and we could, we could ask God to come and heal your body physically. If you have issues financially or relationally, whatever it might be that you're dealing with in life, I want to encourage you, don't leave here and take it home with you. Leave it here as you walk out. And part of that is just engaging with God and asking God to be a part of that. And so the people up here are, are here for that. So you could come up now. You could come up any time. Um, once the song's over, you'll be dismissed. And we, we want to leave this space for people who want to continue to receive prayer or just or worship. And then we'll, uh, we'll do tacos with Tom for those of us that want to stay. So Jesus, we, just, we thank you that, that you've provided a way for us. And that, that we don't have to be on our own. We don't have to selfishly try to make it through this life. But God, the life that you've called us to is a life of denial, of, of laying it down for your sake, for your kingdom. So God, my prayer is that each one of us would, would, would be honest with ourselves and, and, and examine and let you speak to us. Let your Holy Spirit move in us and speak to us and challenge us and convict us and we will respond to that in a way that is, is your will for our lives. Amen.